no, I know, I know. You're just kidding. But um, it's, let me see the hands of the first-time visitors again. Anybody with us for the first time right there? Anybody else? You too? We're so glad you're here. Thanks for being here tonight. Let's give them a hand again. I know. Thanks for drawing attention to you again, right? But uh, do make sure you come back when our, when our pastors are here, pastors Bill and Pam. So uh, it, it's, again, an honor for, uh, for me to share. And uh, as you all know, uh, this is the place where uh, we found the Lord and we heard the message of faith and the message of love for the first time. So um, it's an honor that uh, our pastors would, um, would entrust me to share. My wife, and, my wife, Kelly, and I, she's in the back row. Uh, for those of, of you that don't know us, we're the student ministry pastors uh, here at Victory, and uh, we have been for a while, so usually on Wednesday nights, we're over with the young people, and so I see a lot of parents in here, because I see you picking up your kids, and y'all got amazing kids over there, so we're thankful for you, because God's doing a good thing over there, man. He's doing a good thing in the lives of young people, and we are thankful. Uh, be encouraged tonight, uh, whatever you're going through, whatever situation you may be facing, uh, there's sufficient power in the name of Jesus Christ to give you the breakthrough that you're standing for. Amen? Amen. And uh, whether it's a situation in your health or in your finances or in your family, a situation at work, uh, in your business, uh, whatever the circumstance, maybe it's a legal situation, whatever the circumstance or situation might be, uh, we serve an awesome God, and He is on our side, and He's given us use of His name to bring His will to pass in this earth. Amen? He desires for His will to be done on this earth as it is in heaven. Jesus said, pray this way. He said, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? There's no strife in heaven. There's no disease. There's no sickness. There's no poverty. Right? Right? Jesus said, let your will be done, Father, on this earth as it is in heaven. And so God gave us a way to manifest his will on this earth. Amen. He put us in charge. He said, I give you dominion on this earth. Amen. And he gave us dominion through the use of his name. And uh, he's given us authority and permission and authorization to use his name. Um, I'm going to close a, uh, a, I work at a local bank. I do business lending, mostly real estate lending. And so sometimes uh, some of my bigger clients, they might be out of town. And, and, and so they'll sign a power of attorney authorizing someone else to sign on their behalf. And so um, we did a $10 million real estate loan for a nursing home uh, about a year ago. And the, uh, uh, the president of the company couldn't be there. And so he signed a power of attorney ahead of time, authorizing another person to sign in his, on his behalf. And that legal document um, meant that that other person could sign, and it carried the same authority as if the president was signing it. It was just as if he was signing the document. And, and so God has given you and I power of attorney to use his name, just as if he's here. Amen? Jesus is not here today. He's at the right hand of the Father. Amen? And he has poured out the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit's living on the inside of you and me, and now he's given us authority and authorization to use his name to bring his will to pass 
in this earth. Amen? It's not just, his will is not going to come to pass as he wants it to come to pass if we don't use what we've been given. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's religious to say that God is in charge of everything. Yes, he is in charge. But he's given us dominion and authority on this earth to use his name to bring his will to pass. Amen? On this earth as it is in heaven. I love that he gave the responsibility back to us. Amen? He's awesome. In John uh, 16, verse 24... Actually, verse 23 says, And in that day you'll ask me nothing. Jesus was talking to his disciples, talking about uh, he's getting ready to uh, be crucified, and he's he's talking about when the Holy Spirit will be poured out on the earth. And And then it had to come as a shock to his disciples because until that time, you know, they had left their businesses, left their family. They were traveling with him in ministry and doing all these amazing, exciting things. And as long as Jesus was there, everything was okay. You know, um, all these huge crowds were gathering around, and as long as he was there, uh, it was okay. And so it had to come as a shock to them when he started to, to reveal to them that he wasn't going to be with them, right? And he was going to be crucified, and that he would be in heaven with the Father, but that he would pour out the Holy Spirit. But then he started talking about the, the, the authority that we would have in his name, just as if, he's, as if he's here. And in John 16, verses 23 and 24, he was telling his disciples, he said, In that day you'll ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he'll give you. Until now. Now you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Amen. And then a little bit further down at the end of John 16, he says, These things I've spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. Amen. So tonight I'm just going to share for a couple of minutes about the wonderful name of Jesus and the great power that's present in his name. That our walk with God is is not this religious thing that's far off. It's, you know, Sunday I thought was an amazing time. God honored us and showed up and and uh, um, and wonderful word on him being our shepherd. But tonight we're going to talk about um, the power that he's given us in his name, amen, and that we can use his name to, to bring his will to pass in this earth. Psalm 47, 2 says, the Lord most high is awesome. He is a great king over all the earth. It's so important that we stay in God's word and, and keep God's word in front of our eyes so that we don't get overwhelmed and discouraged by all these different circumstances and things going on in the world today. Be it politics or just uh, negative things that this, you know, all these things that the media keeps throwing at us. If we'll stay in the word, God will give us his perspective on all these different things and we won't get weighted down with all the cares of the world. Amen. Because the Lord most high is awesome and he is a great king over all the earth. Going to talk about David for just a moment in 1 Samuel 17. Um, Y'all know the story, David versus Goliath. Father, we thank you for a great time tonight. 
Uh, we've already had a great time. I yield myself to you tonight. I ask you to speak through me in a powerful way. We thank you for your living word that changes us. I thank you, Father God, for your encouragement, your strength, and for victory tonight. We thank you, all of us here, Lord. We're here. Our hearts and minds are open to receive from you in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. amen. So um, it, it's in, in 1 Samuel 17. Uh, this this fighting man, you know, came out Goliath, and he issued this challenge. He said, you know, why are we, why are both armies going to fight? He said, you send me your best man, send me your best man, army of Israel, and if I beat him, then uh, you guys will all serve us. But if but if uh, he beats me, then all of my Philistine army will serve you. So he issued this challenge, and. Uh, um, and depending on what commentary you read, I mean, he was just, he was humongous, you know, undefeatable uh, type of guy. And um, so all of the army was scared, you know, even these guys that had been soldiers for many years, they were scared of him and uh, they were running. And then this teenager comes along, David, and uh, David said, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And the king, uh, Saul, he said to David, he said, you're not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. You're only a young man. And this man has been a man of war since he was a young man. And then David goes on to say, he says, listen, I've killed lions. I've killed, I've killed a lion. I've killed a bear. He said, this uncircumcised Philistine, meaning he had no covenant, no relationship with God. He said, he'll be just like one of them, seeing that he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion, from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. A few verses later, the giant came out and he began drawing near to David and uh, the man who bore the shield went before him. And when the Philistine giant looked out and he saw David, he disdained him for he was only a, a youth. He was ruddy. He was good looking. So the Philistine said to David, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Everybody say empty threats. Ah, empty threats. That's all the devil has against us empty threats he'll, he'll give us threats through other people threats through negative reports all these different types of negative threats that come against us thank God we have victory in Jesus amen, amen. the Philistine said to David you come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, with a javelin. I come to you in the name. Everybody say, in the name. In the name. He said, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. I will strike you. I will take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth so that all the earth may know. Look, we're still talking about it. 4,000 years later. All the earth will know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly, they're going to know that the Lord does not save with the sword and the spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he is going to give you into our hands. Amen? And you know the rest of the story. David spoke by faith. He said, you're coming to me with, uh, with empty threats, with physical weapons, but I'm coming to you in the name. Everybody say, in the name. In the name. He said, I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. 
That Hebrew name is Jehovah Sebaoth, and it means the God of the angelic hosts, the armies, angelic armies of heaven. Amen. He's the commander of the angelic armies of heaven. And so that's why David used that specific name. He said the Lord of hosts, because that's the name that referred to God as the commander of the angelic hosts of heaven. Amen. And so that was the warring name. It's referred to like 200 and sometimes in the Old Testament and almost always when they were going out to battle. I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. He's the commander of the angelic hosts of heaven. Amen. And he's on my side. You have no covenant. You going down, sucker. Amen. <laughs> Be encouraged. You and I have the ability, and God has authorized us to call on the name of the Lord of hosts. Amen? <clears throat> Isaiah twenty-eight twenty-nine. you don't have to turn there, but it says, The Lord of hosts is wonderful in counsel, and he's excellent in guidance. Amen? When we call on the name of the Lord of hosts, if we're facing a difficult situation, he'll not only go ahead of us, but he'll give us his counsel. Amen. He'll give us his wisdom so we will know what to do in every situation. It's almost unfair to the enemy because he won't know what to do. But we have the Lord of hosts who's excellent in counsel. Amen. <clears throat> Wonderful in counsel and excellent in guidance. Isaiah fourteen twenty seven says the Lord of hosts has purposed. And who can annul his purpose? Isaiah 6, 1 through 3 says, The Lord of hosts is holy, holy, holy. Uh, Psalm 24, 10. I am going to turn there. Psalm 24, 10. It says, uh, Who is the king of glory? He is the Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. I hope it's okay that I'm going to use a lot of scripture for the next few minutes. Amen. I figure I cannot go wrong if I do that, right? If I talk too much, I'll go wrong. But if I use God's word, I cannot go wrong. Amen? <laughs> In Hebrews 1, 13 and 14, I'm not going to talk a lot about angels tonight, but I'm going to talk about the one who's in charge of the angels. Amen? He's the commander of the angelic hosts of heaven. And... Uh, the Lord would encourage us tonight that he's given us use of his name, that don't let circumstances overwhelm you. Don't let circumstances overtake you, the temporary situations of life. He's given us authority and dominion over those circumstances. Amen. And the ability and the authorization to enforce his will through the use of his name when we pray in faith. So in Hebrews 1, 13 and 14 says, to, but to which of the angels has God ever said, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool? Are not all these angels, are they not ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? That's you and me, right? So God has angels sending them forth or, or ready to be sent forth on our behalf. Those who would inherit salvation. Amen. All right, so let's look at some angels in action here uh, just briefly. Um, Psalm 91, verse 11. 
Psalm 91, uh, we'll actually start um, in verse 10, says, No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For God shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all of your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, unless you dashed your foot against a stone. Amen? And we see uh, in then James chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. Wednesday night's fun, because anybody who's here on a Wednesday night, I mean, it's like, I'm hungry. Give me some word. Amen? Uh, James 4, verses 7 and 8. Uh, Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil. He will flee from you. Draw near to God. He will draw near to you. And then we see that scripture play out. I'm not going to go there, but in Matthew chapter 4, when uh, Jesus was in the wilderness and he resisted the devil three times, and then it said angels came and ministered to Jesus. And that's, uh, that's in Matthew 4, 11, after he had uh, resisted temptation. And uh, if, if been walking with the Lord for any period of time, that's the real work in life, right? To resist temptation. <laughs> At least it is for me, Right? That, that's, where, that, that's the work, right? To submit yourself to God, to resist the devil, and watch him flee. Amen? And to resist temptation. Well, we see Jesus do it with the word. He used the word in Matthew chapter 4, resisted the devil. The devil fled. And then after he fled, verse 11 says, Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to Jesus. Isn't that awesome to think about? Okay. A couple more scriptures. Before we get to the commander of the angelic hosts, everybody say Jesus. Jesus. That is his wonderful name, amen. Second Kings chapter 19, verse 35. Second Kings 1935. It can't, I'm jumping around a little bit, but hopefully you'll see the point here in just a moment, but Second uh, Kings 19.35, it says, It came to pass on a certain night that the angel of the Lord went out, and he killed in the camp of the Assyrians 185,000 enemy soldiers. So one angel had the ability to, to take out 185,000 Assyrian enemies, Israel's enemy at the time. That's a powerful angel, amen? <laughs> right? All right, now look at Revelation chapter 20, verses 1 through 3. Look at what another angel had the, the uh, uh, power to do. Revelation 20, verses 1 through 3 says, Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, and he had the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. He laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and he bound him for a thousand years. And he cast him into the bottomless pit. He shut him up. He set a seal on him so that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were finished. We see one angel in the old covenant come down and take out 185,000 enemy soldiers. Then we see one angel at the very end in Revelation chapter 20 with the authority and the power and the ability to bind the devil and cast him into a, a bottomless pit for a thousand years. Powerful angels, right? Everybody say, Jesus. Jesus. 
is the commander of all the angelic hosts. Look at Matthew chapter 26, verse 53. When you and I pray in the name of Jesus, we should see something happening in the spirit. Amen. Because when we pray according to God's will and according to God's word, and we pray in Jesus' name, something's happening in the spirit realm. God is sending forth angels on our behalf to do great work on our behalf, to make a difference in our situation and to change things. Amen? <clears throat> Matthew 26, 53. This is where they came to get Jesus to, uh, to crucify him. And I'll start in verse 47. It says, While he was still speaking, behold, Judas, one of the twelve... Uh, with a great multitude with swords and clubs, he came from the chief priests, the elders of the people. Now his betrayer had given them a sign, and he said, whoever, who, Whomever I kiss, he's the one, seize him. Immediately he went up to Jesus, and he said, Greetings, Rabbi, and he kissed him. But Jesus said to him, Friend, why have you come? Then they came, and they laid hands on Jesus, and they took him. And suddenly one of those who were with Jesus, he stretched out his hand, and he drew his sword, and he struck the servant of the high priest, and he cut off his ear. Jesus said to him, Put your sword in its place, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. And look at verse 53. That's the one I want to focus on. Do you think that I cannot now pray to my Father, and he will provide me with more than 12 legions of angels? At that time, a legion was over 6,000 soldiers. So Jesus said, I've been given... My father has given me authority. I can ask him, and he'll send forth 12 legions, 12 times 6,000, 72,000 angels. Amen? And these are angels that God sends forth to minister on behalf of those who will inherit salvation. That's you and I. Amen? And so when we pray in his name, he's given us power of attorney to pray in his name. And so when we pray in his name, situations and circumstances are no match for his name. Amen? They have to change. You say, I prayed one time and it didn't change. We have to stay on God's side. Amen? We, we, never, we never say, I prayed and you, you didn't do it. No, we say, thank you, Father. You're working on my behalf in Jesus' name. Amen? He's doing it. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ is the Lord of hosts. And he's given us authority and ability and authorization to pray in his name so that you and I can see God's will come to pass in this earth. Amen. So if we have any area of our life that doesn't line up with his will and with his word, we can take our stand, stand in faith, stand on the word, pray in the wonderful name of Jesus. God sends forth his ministering angels to work on our behalf. Amen. As parents, we should be thanking the Lord. Thank you, Father. You are sending forth your awesome angels to minister to my children, to watch over them, to keep them safe, to help them, strengthen them, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Some of you have heard this testimony. I think it's amazing. I still think it's amazing that my kids, we have five kids, uh, the twin boys that are nine. Our daughter will be in, in sixth grade. Luke will be a junior. And then Weston will be a sophomore at Purdue. To my knowledge, 
not one of them has ever had a bad dream. Ever. Now, we don't watch scary movies, right? That's one thing. Previews for scary movies come on the TV. We change it, right? So they've never seen any of that stuff. We don't watch stories about ghosts. We don't watch any of that stuff, right? <clears throat> We're not perfect. Y'all know that. Far from it. That's, y'all got hope. <laughs> Amen? But I just think it's an amazing testimony because... Um, from the time they were little, we've always prayed over them. Thank you, Lord, for sweet sleep. Thank you, Father. You send forth your angels and you minister to Weston all night in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Sam had one bad dream, didn't he? He watched Jurassic Park and he came into our bedroom and he said, there's a T-Rex in my bedroom. <laughs> that was it. Just got reminded of that. But that's the only one, right? It's the only time they've ever come into our bedroom. That's a good thing. Jesus, five things. Real quickly here. Jesus is the creator. Amen. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Jesus. Without Jesus, nothing was made that was made. In Jesus was life. And the life was the light of all mankind. His light shines in the darkness, but the darkness did not comprehend it. That's John 1, 1 through 4. And then Hebrews 1.10 says, You, Lord, in the beginning laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. Amen? He's the creator. Jesus is the highest name. Philippians chapter 2, verses 8 through 11 says, Being found in appearance as a man, Jesus humbled himself. He became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted Jesus and given him the name which is above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, those in heaven, those on the earth, and those under the earth. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen? He has the highest name. The third thing, there's power in his name. <clears throat> he, was, he was going about with his disciples, working miracles, doing all kinds of amazing things, and then he starts to multiply what he can do by giving that power to other people. And we see it in Luke chapter 10. It says, After these things, Jesus appointed 70 other people also. And he sent them out two by two into every city and place where he was about to go. And he said to them, the harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. So I need to multiply myself. So I'm going to give this same ability to 70 people. Therefore, you pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Heal the sick there. Say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. And then a couple of scriptures later, it said the 70 people returned to Jesus and they said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. He said, no doubt. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. He said, I was there from the very beginning. Yeah, I saw him fall and I know. And he's scared of me. He's not scared of you, but he's scared of me. So when you pray and you show up and you use my name, it's just as if I'm there. The same power, same authority, same anointing that I'm walking in, doing miracles, I'm going to give it to you so my Father's will can be on the earth just as it is in heaven. Amen? He has the highest name. Number four, you and I are saved in his name. And uh, when I was growing up, everybody said, you got to get saved, got to get saved, got to get saved. I didn't know what saved meant. It was a religious thing, right? Get saved. 
but saved is rescued, rescued and delivered. The, uh, the Hebrew is sozo. It's rescued and delivered from the molestation of your enemies. Amen. Hallelujah. Saved in his name. Romans 10, 9 says, if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, you will be rescued. You will be saved. You'll be delivered. You'll be healed. Amen? Saved. Romans 10, 13 says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved, rescued, healed, delivered. This is the good news. Amen? It's just not any more complicated than this. Right? Amen? Acts 4.12 says, Nor is there salvation or deliverance or healing and restoration, nor is there salvation in any other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved, rescued, healed, delivered. Amen. It's all through his name. And I've used this example before, but as awesome as Bill is, there's no power in his name, right? Not at his house. <laughs> If we were to pray tonight, you know, let's pray for the sick in the name of Bill, right? Let's all just we'll hold hands and pray for one another in the name of Bill. You are healed. No. Amen. We're not going to die right now. And lightning's not going to come out of this. Right. Y'all are shaking your head. Don't do that. <laughs> right. I saw you. <clears throat> There's no power, right? He's a great guy, man of integrity. Awesome friend. Very handy fix anything. What's that? I can stop now. Sorry. Uh, but there's no power in his name when we pray. Amen. But there's power in the name of Jesus. We need to be certain that we don't get religious and just say in the name of Jesus, right? There's power in his name. Amen. <clears throat> We're saved in his name. And the last one, number five, we have faith in God through his name. John 16, 23 and 24 says, Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. John 14, 13. Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Amen? Many of you have heard the testimony of Kelly's dad. And um, he grew up... Uh, on the mission field, Suriname. Yeah, Suriname. And um, they have amazing childhood pictures. It's inc or he does. It, it, it's incredible, uh, his childhood. They literally, uh, her grandparents, this would have been in the 50s, that they went down there. They loaded their family in a canoe and uh, uh, went to a very remote area. And, and he's got a, the, he has a picture of the very first time that they landed uh, where they got off of this canoe and you, they literally had to take a machete and cut through the bush. It was so thick. And uh, they did amazing work there and uh, planted a Bible school. Uh, there's a, a church that's still there today, uh, 65 years later, and uh, a thriving Christian community. And uh, that's Kelly's grandparents. And so uh, there were five kids in the family, right? And, and so um, uh, her dad, absolute wild man, right? I mean, crazy. It's my father-in-law. And um, he is. He was and he is, right? But uh, uh, God gave him this dynamic, bold, wild personality, right? 
more wild than anyone I've ever known. And uh, he is. Uh, the kids love him. And, uh, but when he was young, he used that wild personality, and he poured himself into the world. And uh, uh, he came back to the U.S., uh, I think, when he was in eighth grade. And, uh, and, then, and then he just, he just started doing crazy stuff in life. And uh, um, he was uh, just everything crazy you can imagine, right? He's got scars all over his face uh, from, you know, he grew up fighting and uh, was addicted, uh, really liked drugs, right? I've never done drugs, so I don't even know how to talk about it. But he was addicted to drugs, right? Uh, he was a cocaine dealer, right? Big time for many, many years. And then up until uh, Kelly was in fourth grade. But uh, her grandparents, uh, he tells a story. He came home one night, uh, middle of the night, and he heard his mom praying for him. In the name of Jesus. Praying for him. And uh, Kelly was in fourth grade. And uh, uh, he came home drunk. And uh, sat in, the, uh, in his recliner. Uh, this is a testimony, his testimony as he shared it. Sat in the recliner. And in the middle of the night, the Lord woke him up. Uh, and uh, he realized that uh, he was going to hell if he died that night. And he said, literally, got on his knees, and the first thing he said, he said, God, it's John Leitzel. I don't know if you know me. And uh, gave his heart to the Lord that night. And God supernaturally delivered him. And within the following weeks, he forgave over $70,000 in drug debt that people owed him. And um, he was a tough guy. He didn't mess with them. You know, he was, he was crazy. And, and so he, he was calling all these associates, and they were like, uh, is this for real? <laughs> You're forgiving me this debt? You're not going to come kill me? He's like, it's for real. He's got all kinds of story, dealing with Cubans, driving back and forth from Florida and Miami and all kinds of stuff. <clears throat> they prayed in the name of Jesus. Amen? And God did a work. And uh, uh, he got born again. He went on, uh, went to Bible school. Uh, like five months later, six months later, they moved their family to Colorado Springs, enrolled in Bible school, uh, came back, was a dynamic pastor in our area, uh, Frankfurt and Noblesville and Michigan. And uh, their first church was in Hillsboro, had 13 people within a few years, had over 400, and the church still has five, 600 today. It's a, uh, uh, an awesome church in Hillsboro. So um, everybody say, our God, our God. is awesome. I wasn't really prepared to share his testimony, but I just wanted to encourage you that whatever circumstance or situation you're facing in your life or people that you love, there's power in the name of Jesus. Amen? You all have heard the testimony of my brother. I prayed for him for 12 years in Jesus' name. And there came a day. There came a day where God said, this is the day he's going to get set free. And I went to his business, and he was smoking a cigarette, and he was smoking three and a half packs a day at that time, and he had smoked since he was like a teenager, and this was when he was 45 years old, and I went in there, and, uh, and his business was failing, and so and I opened up the Bible, and he started reading the Bible, and he started sobbing, and the power of God showed up, and I put one hand on his chest and the other hand on his back, and this is the first time I had really ever prayed for someone where the Holy Spirit showed up in great power, and God delivered him that day. And it was the last cigarette he ever smoked. And he had gone through all types of programs and tried to get free and couldn't get free. God's power showed up and he got free. Amen? Everybody say, my God is an awesome God. Amen. John 16, 23. 